When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome back to another episode of the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast brought to you by the Semi-Pro Fantasy Sports Podcast Network. I'm Billy Mansell, as it says above, at Ombre Vendor on Twitter, if you would like to follow me on there or come chit-chat. We're getting closer to the draft. Senior Bowl is two weeks away. We booked our hotel. I've booked, you know, I've got my uh, credentials all figured out. We are ready to rock and roll down to Mobile, Alabama, so we can watch some rookies play some football. This is a stacked rookie class down in Mobile this year. Uh, Jim Nagy has put together quite, quite the eclectic list of players that are going to be down there. And next week, I will kind of get into kind of a senior bowl preview um, that players I'm kind of looking forward to and just overall what we're looking for to find out down there in the senior bowl. But there's going to be a lot of drafted players and a lot of highly drafted players down there in that senior bowl. So I'm pretty excited to um, see what everybody is going to be able to do down there. But me and Joe are going to head down there from the offensive points and we're going to have a good old time. So today we're going to talk about IDP rookies for the NFL draft this season. Pretty excited about that, um, and we'll just have to see, you know, who's going where, what's going on. But there's a lot of really highly talented IDP rookies in this draft class, um, so I can't wait to see where some of them go. But we're going to talk about. I think I got eleven written down today, so we're just going to talk about the best eleven. Um, in my opinion, others are going to have you know different players up there. Um, I even got a couple cornerbacks that I'm excited about, which aren't normally IDP players but there's a couple that i think in this draft class in particular could mean something going forward um i see josh has a question to start off here who do you think the eagles will draft with their three first round picks um well to be perfectly honest with you i think one of them is going to be a wide receiver hopefully it's a drake london i don't know if he falls to them because some mock drafts have him headed down to you know even maybe like the seventh you know, like the seventh pick, eighth pick in the draft, kind of wild. Uh, 13th is usually Garrett Wilson. Browns have kind of have him circled in most draft uh, people's opinion. So 
Eagles, I think, could be in that next that next group of, or next person looking for a player. And so I think they're going to definitely draft a wide receiver. Um, you can pretty much book that. I would say they probably get a defensive player. Um, I'm kind of looking at them getting like a Drake Jackson, something like that. But there's plenty of good players in this um, draft for them to get. And then, honestly, they might trade that last pick. I don't know that yet. Um, but I kind of think the Eagles seem like they're going to package one of those picks. Uh, we kind of talked about it. Josh is on the Offensive Points podcast. We kind of talked about maybe them giving up one of those picks for Calvin Ridley down in Atlanta, and honestly, that just makes a lot of sense. Um, you're not going to get a receiver better than Ridley right now if he's you know all the way better from what he's been going through. But if you can get Ridley, you can get a wide receiver from this class, one of these top four or five guys. And then a defensive player, I think the Eagles hit a home run in this draft. So that's what I think they should do. Um, we'll see. I don't know if I can really trust their front office, but uh, we'll see what happens, you know. It's uh, always always fun to watch what the Eagles come up with. Um, they usually botch draft picks. They've done that in the past. But I have. there's a couple of can't-miss players in here, and hopefully they're able to identify them in time before they may end up making a big mistake. So let's get right into the rookies for today. Uh, the first one on my board personally, it's not this way for a lot of people, but I just think he's a can't miss prospect. And that is Nicobe Dean from Georgia. He's a linebacker, just won the national championship. Um, there's just, I mean, I'll just run through the stats real quick. 72 tackles, six sacks, 10 and a half tackles for loss. Uh, two interceptions, one return for a touchdown, and two forced fumbles. He's just everywhere. Like this guy is just the, his ability on the field. He is so fast as a linebacker. He's a little short. He's like six foot tall, about two fifty or two twenty uh, weight wise. But he's a really solid cover linebacker. I mean, you can. He's. I'm not okay. I'm, I'm gonna say Micah Parsons. I'm not saying that he is Micah Parsons. I'm just saying he has the ability to play multiple positions at linebacker um, and he can cover. Uh, he can do all of that. He's really good. The stats aren't knock you off the page for a linebacker, but if if you watch the Georgia defense this year, there's five, six first rounders on that uh, defense for just this season even maybe. So I don't want to hold it against him that, you know, the whole team was good. So, I, you know. He's really good. Can't miss linebacker, in my opinion. Uh, I personally think he is a better prospect coming out of Georgia than Roquan Smith was when Roquan Smith came out of Georgia back, uh, I believe that was 2017, maybe 2018 when he came out. Um, I think it was 2018. But he was, I mean, Roquan Smith, obviously, you've seen what he's been able to do in Chicago, and it's been incredible. So I just think this is the next player in a long line of Georgia players that has been inescapable so first player off the board for me in idp drafts is nicobe dean and i just think you're going to get a lot out of him because he's able to do a lot of the impact plays that you're going to look for in an idp player going forward uh, my second player off the board pretty obvious came thibodeau from the oregon ducks um I'll, i know mel kuyper hates calling him miles garrett and he is not miles garrett i will say that but he he has the abilities of Miles Garrett, his ability to break through and get around a tackle, um, not necessarily having to beat him all with strength all the time. He's just got really good moves and just he's, he's shorter and smaller than 
Aiden Hutchinson by a little bit, not a lot, but I just think his, his instinct and if he can stay healthy, which is another problem with Kayvon Thibodeau, if he can stay healthy, I don't see how you can miss with Kayvon Thibodeau. That's why he's being projected as one of the first round or first two picks in the draft. And to me, can't miss whoever gets him. uh, You put him across, put him. I mean, please Jacksonville, Put him across from Josh Allen. Watch what that defense can be in two or three years. It's going to be ferocious. So hopefully he lands somewhere like that is what I'm hoping. And I think you're you're going to have a guy here where he's going to be available and he's going to be very good for years to come. Um, next on my list, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Um, oh, I forgot to get to Kayvon Thibodeau's stats. Look at me jumping the gun. 49 tackles, seven sacks, 12 tackles for loss two forced fumbles. He did only play 10 games this season. So those stats are a little bit lower than they probably would be if he played the full uh, 14 games, but or 12 games, but it's still good enough. Honestly, like he, he played in the Pac-12 championship or uh, got outplayed by uh, that defense, but overall good player. He will be good in the NFL. He, he looks like a much better NFL player than he probably would have been on a college team so Kayvon Thibodeau very good no questions in my opinion on to the next player defensive end from Michigan Aiden Hutchinson uh stats 62 tackles 14 sacks 16 and a half tackles for loss two forced fumbles another can't miss in my opinion um I did think I guess I thought in my head he wasn't a huge sack guy but he, he was, he got a ton of sacks and they came in bunches too. In most, in the games that he was able to get home, he was able to get home a lot and he was unstoppable. Now, when he played Georgia, um, it, it did not go so well, but against like Ohio state, which is really good competition, three sacks in that game. He was a defensive force. I mean, that entire team, um, that Michigan team was just really good in that game. And Aiden Hutchinson, kind of solidified himself as one of the best players in the in this draft and in college football during that game. I could very well see him going number one as well, um, could be to Jacksonville. Um, I think, yeah, if you put either him or Kayvon Thibodeau ahead with Josh Allen on that defensive line or as a defensive end, nothing, nothing, uh, no, no notes. That's a very good defense that you got there. So either he's going to go there or he's going to go to the Lions, one of the two. Either way, you can build around him for the future. So number four on my list is Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. Uh, we got robbed of a full season of Kyle Hamilton, but in the I think he played seven games, uh, 34 tackles, two, two tackles for loss, three interceptions, four passes of defense. He's a really good coverage safety. Like this, this guy can get from one side of the field to the other in the midst of a play, and it ends up really good for him. So – I can't wait to see what team he ends up on because that will mean a lot for him. But I can't wait to see who he ends up with. He's going to go in the top five of the draft most likely. I can't see how that goes any other way. Um, but Kyle Hamilton, six, I think he's six four, can cover anyone, can cover anything. I cannot wait to see what team he ends up with because they're getting a hell of a safety. Whether that it could be Houston for sure. I mean that that could happen. Could be a lot of teams, but. I think what you're getting from Kyle Hamilton is the next great safety 
and another can't miss IDP prospect. So far, all these players are cannot miss. I mean, I could see a couple of these guys going in the first round of like a super flex IDP draft with 12 teams. No problem. Like they're, they're that impact of a player. And I think they're going to come in and be impactful right away. I don't think it's going to take them time. It's just the way that, you know, they're, the way that they're built, the way that they think that an offense is going to, it's like, it's none of this like uh, Isaiah Simmons or saving Collins where you're going to have to figure out where they kind of mesh in with the defense and all that. These guys are going to come in and immediately be able to play right away. And they're going to make their mark known immediately. So Kyle Hamilton is another one of those guys. Uh, we'll have to see what the medicals check out on him. But other than that, I think that he will be a solid player for years to come. So next on my list, Devin Lloyd, Utah. Uh, these stats are going to freak you out a little bit. So just bear with me. 111 total tackles, 22 tackles for loss, seven sacks, four interceptions, one forced fumble, Two of those interceptions were returned from touchdowns. This guy is an absolute freak. Absolute freak. I mean, he's played all four years at Utah. I I can see the argument for making him linebacker one in this class. I actually can't. How can I argue against either taking him or Nakobe Dean for any, you know, for the number one linebacker? And if you got him in the second round of your IDP draft, uh, like, you know, I couldn't say that you made the wrong call there. I would love to see where he ends up. I think I hope it's with a team that actually needs a linebacker so that he doesn't get just lost in the shuffle. But if he ends up with a defensive team, like put him, I mean, I I hate saying this, but put him with like the jets, for example. And that could really be something honestly, Um, because Robert Sala is really good defensive mind and putting him with a team like that. I feel like I say the Jets a lot, but you know they just they need a lot of pieces. You know, it's it's kind of tough for me to say that they wouldn't be able to take someone like this and make him great. And they do have two picks in the first round, so we'll have to see what they end up doing with that second one. Because um, the first one might be offensive line, or they might trade him. Who knows? But Devin Lloyd is a real. I mean, the stats speak for themselves. What do I? What do I need to say? He, like he pushes people in. Like he uses strength to push players into the quarterback to sack them. Like I can't. There's not much more I can say about that. He is a really good linebacker. He's going to be at the Senior Bowl in three weeks or two weeks. I cannot wait to watch him. He's going to be fantastic in the league, and I cannot wait to see where he ends up. So, moving on. Jordan Davis from Georgia. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for making his graphic insanely big. Um, But Jordan Davis, I mean, you've heard me talk about him on this podcast. He is a defensive tackle. And that usually scares a lot of people because you're like, oh, well, what's the tackle for? Like, oh, is he going to be sack based? Like, uh, Jordan Davis is so good at playing defensive tackle, though. He's th- like 330 pounds. He's like 6'5 or something, like 6'3 or 6'4 or something like that. And he is just an incredible player to watch because he's so fluid for three. Like, you'd think for a 330 pounder that he would be unable to move very fluidly because of how big he is. But I I will tell you this, he is, you will never be able to tell that he is that weight. I hate that his elbows like at my mouth, like I'm talking into his elbow, but you will never be able to keep this man like away from your quarterback. And that is exactly what you're looking for as an, in a defensive tackle at the next level. So 
Jordan Davis, th- this is this is where I draw the line at can't miss prospects right here. Jordan Davis is the last player that I'm like, there. there's no way that player does not succeed at the next level. Now, in your drafts, probably you're not going to take him very high because he is a defensive tackle, and so he is kind of limited depending on the scheme. But I think if you are in the market, especially team, especially leagues where you play a defensive tackle, especially like that, you need somebody to fill that spot. They're not hard. They're not easy to find at this kind of a level. And if you need it or in the market for one of those, Jordan Davis needs to be on your draft board. He needs to be somebody you're looking out for and somebody that you're thinking about taking. Uh, he had stats. Don't jump off the page. 32 t- total tackles, five tackles for loss, two sacks. And, I, I I wish I could say that, you know, there was better stats to show you, but the, it's it's not really – that's not really his game. He's more of a disruptor. But I think at the next level, he could be used more in getting those numbers and getting those tackles, getting the sacks, all that kind of thing. But at Georgia, as I've said, they kind of spread everyone around, so it was kind of tough to get one player – to get a lot of stats. That's what happened with N'Kobe Dean and like Lewis scene who I'll get to at a different time. Uh, but those kind of players kind of tough to get their stats, you know, boosted up when they're on an incredible defense. It was one of the best defenses I've ever seen. So moving on, we're going to get to George Carl Loftus. Uh 38 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, 4.5 sacks and two forced fumbles at Purdue. Uh, he was Hot and cold a lot of games when I watched Purdue play. Um, sometimes you would definitely see George Karloftis. You will see you would see his impact on the game. He I'm I'm pretty sure he had a force fumble return for a touchdown um as well, which show, does show his athletic ability. But there's just about George, there's some games where he wasn't really that effective at breaking through the line. Um, he kind of used who he was playing to his advantage. He did usually show up for the big games when they played Iowa, when they were mistakenly number two and play in games like that. You did see him play and rise to the occasion um, very well, but it, I, I don't have a problem with George Karloftis. And if you take George Karloftis, it, it will be kind of later, I think, because he's, he, he needs some work and he's going to have to, fall to the right team in the draft, but um, you can't really go wrong, wrong with him at the next level because he can pop. He's going to get those plays and it may take him a minute to catch on fully, but he will eventually catch on. So moving on, no cool graphics for this one, but we do have the names uh, Kingsley in the I think that, I think I believe I said that right. We'll see. Uh, but he played at South Carolina. He was really good, um, very good at sacking the quarterback. Um, the numbers didn't really bear out as much this year, but in the past they did. Uh, 43 total tackles, seven tackles for loss, 4.5 sacks, and one forced fumble. Um, the, you know, the numbers aren't going to jump off the page at you. Not really as much as you would think they would um, for a defensive end of his caliber, but – I think you know what you're gonna what you're looking for in a defensive end at that position because like most leagues when you're playing at the the positions you have linebacker you have a defensive line and then you have um, obviously the defensive backs and I think Inabare has a chance 
kind of like Carl Loftus, where like given the right scheme that he is going to pop. Now, is it going to be year one? I don't, I'm not sure about that. This is a defensive end heavy draft. So the player, the teams that need a defensive end are going to get them pretty early in this draft. And then the teams that kind of are thinking about it, like the Eagles, for example, as Josh mentioned, the Eagles earlier, um, that it, that's a team that a defensive end could go to, but I don't think it's going to be like it was this year where there was no defensive ends that were really, you know, popped off the page. There wasn't really any defensive ends that you were like super excited about, but this next year there's going to be three or four and you will be able to get someone that is um, that can fit your scheme or what you need for your team. So one more defensive end is Drake Jackson from USC, 37 total tackles, eight tackles for loss, five sacks, one interception, and one forced fumble. I liked Drake Jackson a lot, and through the beginning, like seven or eight games, I had him as the defensive end too. I mean, that was that before Aiden Hutchinson really established and planted his flag. For me, it was Thibodeau because I thought, you know, you just look at him and the 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 way that he moves his body, the way that he's able to move around through the pocket and get to the quarterback is something you can't teach. But Drake Jackson was kind of the second one in that to me. It was Drake London from USC and Drake Jackson were the two USC players that I was really high on. And it wasn't until it was kind of the, the production didn't really show at the end of the season was the problem with Drake Jackson. He kind of tailed off a little bit. The entire, I mean, the team fired their coach. They were, you know, kind of a mess there at the end. Um, but he's still a good player. I still think what we saw, what we were seeing at the beginning of the season still could bear out. He was really good at getting to the quarterback. He was able to make his, you know, his mark known on the games that he was in. He did have the pop plays. He did have the impact plays that you would be looking for at the next level. But not necessarily, you know, as good as you would have hoped. So, you know, excited for Drake Jackson. I think that, you know, I'm kind of have him pegged to go to the Eagles. So we'll see what ends up happening, but that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. All right, moving on. Got two cornerbacks left in this video. We're talking about Derek Stingley. So, if you follow Derek Stingley at all, you will know where this story is headed. He did. He only played three games this season. Um, he went out with a foot injury. I'm going to put that in air quotes if you're watching the video. A, a, a foot injury. Personally, I think he was just going to get out. He got out of the league so he could out of college football so he could start preparing for the league. And I couldn't blame him a bit. LSU was a total mess this season. There was no reason for him to play in those games and risk getting hurt. I will say I'm not positive what happened to them last year, what happened to him last year. So I'm going to give the stats for 2019 because I think when you when you listen to anything draft-related, when it comes to Derek Stingley, people are going to point back to what he did in 2019 because 2020 and then the first three games of 2021, he was not the same guy. And I think a lot of us need to figure out, and I'm sure we'll figure this out in the draft process, of what happened to him because in 2019 – 38 tackles, one tackle for loss, six interceptions, 15 passes defended. He was a monster, and he was an – like you, you could not put any of your best receivers 
um, lined up against Derek Stingley because they were not going to catch the ball. They were going to have the best or the worst game of their season. Now that was the year that they won the national title. It was special. There was so many good players on that team that year. I mean, Devin White, for example, um, Patrick Queen. There was a lot of a lot of players from that LSU team that you know because they were in that defense. Everyone, you know, rising tides lifted all boats, if you will. I'll use that analogy because that is kind of what it looks like happened here. Because once that team got stripped of all of the talent, Derek Stingley's production took a nosedive off of a cliff. And I'm personally like it made me nervous last year because I'm going into the season. You were surefire. This guy's going to be a star in the NFL for sure because of what he did in 2019. But because of what he did in 2020, it was a middling season. wasn't great. You could throw on him. It wasn't anything special. And then the first three games of 2021 were abysmal. I mean, they weren't good at all. I was confused about what I was watching. You could definitely throw on them. I mean, last year, 2020, LSU was giving up like 500 yards a game through the air. It, it, I mean, anybody could throw on them. And it really was kind of confusing. So, I'm going to think that he's a little bit closer to 2019 Derek Stingley and that maybe just the fit and the defense and, you know, because it was Matt Canada was the defensive coordinator in that 2019. He's now coaching for the, I believe the Steelers. Um, So it's just, I think we can just wash out what happened to him. And that's how I'm going to go into the draft thinking, because I think he's closer to what he was than what this version of him was these last two years. Just my personal preference and thought. Um, I got to get to this last guy. I don't have a graphic for him, but it's a mod sauce gardener from Cincinnati. His nickname is sauce, but is a mod gardener from Cincinnati, an absolute freak on that team. So him and, um, Kobe Bryant, no relation. Not, it's just the other cornerback on that team was named Kobe Bryant. Um, but between them two, you could not throw the ball and be successful. It just wasn't happening. Now, when you did watch him play Alabama, okay, Jameson Williams did his thing, but as a whole, Ahmad, like that, they were really good. I mean, and I think that they played Alabama quite well in that game, and it probably tipped off Georgia to a little bit of like how to handle them defensively because Alabama just ran the ball the entire time. They didn't really give Bryce Young the even chance to throw in that game, but there were a few times that he did get beat, and that's going to happen, but as far as stats wise, 40 tackles, five tackles for loss, three sacks, three interceptions, four forced fumbles, or four passes defensed, uh, not forced fumbles. That would be incredible from a quarterback, but four passes defensed. He's a good coverage guy, but he can also come off the side. Like you can send him on a cornerback, um, cornerbacks uh, rush where he can get this to the passer. I just really like the kid, and he's going to go really high in this draft, and I think just because he's a cornerback, um, I don't think that that means that he's going to be limited in what he's able to do out there on the field. I think any defensive coordinator that has any ability to come up with a scheme would be would know how to use a mod sauce gardener to his advantage. He's a really great player. I, I, you know, I think he's going to get a ton of coverage in this draft. And I think when he gets drafted to wherever he is, I think that you're going to be able to use him in IDP, which is very rare for a cornerback, but between him and Derek Stingley, I think those two guys are draftable. 
Now we're not talking the first three rounds back half of the fourth when, you know, you're taking crazy low running backs and wide receivers and stuff. Maybe you sneak one of these guys in there for sure. The fifth round, I would not let them go to free agency though. I think somebody who's keen to throw them onto a, uh, onto their like taxi squad, for example, or if it's a really deep bench, you keep one of these guys because eventually they're going to pop. That is for sure going to happen. It's just a matter of how long that's going to take. Uh, Derek Stingley, I, it's going to matter where he goes as far as the scheme goes, but I think that he is still good enough to prove himself. And then Ahmad Gardner, I think I don't think it matters where you put him, honestly. I think whatever team he ends up on, he's going to be good enough to – show what he can do at the next level. So that is the 11 that I have to talk about today. There's still some more, obviously. Obviously, there's plenty of defensive players to talk about. It's just those are the 11 that I feel most confident about. Um, Oh, here's Josh. Thanks for humoring me, Bill. You're welcome, man. We're here to talk some draft. So if anybody ever has any questions, feel free to put it in the comments. I will gladly answer anything um that is in here but next week we're gonna be i'm gonna be doing a little uh senior bowl preview i've got kind of all the guys that are going to be at that senior bowl lined up i will be there it will be exciting will be a lot of fun hope you follow along we're going to get as much video we're going to try to interview players um we're just going to see what you know we got the all access pass to the senior bowl so we're going to see just how far that can take us and i would love to get video we can only take like two minutes of video of practice but I'm going to make those two minutes count. You better you better believe that. So um, that's all I got for today. Um, any of these guys are going to be good. Uh, please leave comments below of players that you might want to f- want me to talk about in the future as far as the defense goes. Um, but those those eleven right there are a really good start. Um, I I know that I made a lot of questions about George Karloftis, Kingsley Inagbare, and Drake Jackson, but there's still really good defensive ends. There's no reason to doubt what their abilities are at the next level. They will be able to handle themselves. <clears throat> it's just where we were at the beginning of the season. Um, Aiden Hutchinson wasn't even really one of the guys that I had. I mean, he's six, six two, like 40, I think. So he probably should have been, but just watching him throughout the season, he was able to rise up the ranks, but these guys were always around, always around George Carl his hit games were really high. His not miss games were really low. But if you can get more of those hit games from these guys, I think there is something there. And then Jordan Davis at nose tackle, our defensive tackle, do not sleep on him at all because he is really good. He is huge. So you're going to, at first glance, you're going to be like, that guy cannot possibly move well. He is so smooth, like butter through offensive lines and he is strong. He is going to throw whoever is covering him into the quarterback. Literally. He's just going to like, you know, like shovel pass him into the quarterback. It's, it's crazy to watch any kind of video that you watch of him. Um, I will be making a video for him on the uh, IDP army TikTok. So follow at the IDP army on TikTok If you want to watch that, we'll also post the videos on Twitter. Let's, let's be real. That's where the, the bread gets buttered there on uh, Twitter. So, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I would love to hear any comments. Please leave any reviews or anything on this video. Please subscribe to the channel. 
I will be doing these videos all the way up to the draft. And then once the draft happens, we'll do a little recap and then we'll hop right to 2023. Um, the grind will never stop for dynasty. And as far as getting on the same page as all of these players, I, you know, like I said, when we first started this podcast and when I started making these videos is we're kind of, it's just an open notebook. It's it, we're, we're making sure everybody in our sphere is in on the same information because I don't want, and we don't want anybody to go into a draft and think who the heck is that guy? Never heard of him before. That's, that's something that I would like to get out of fantasy football because I don't want anybody to feel like they have no idea who a player is going into it and defensive players. There are a lot of them, but we're going to try to sift through and find the players that are going to make immediate impacts for your team, not only this year, but for the future, because that's what the dynasty tailgate's all about. So this is at ombre vendor on Twitter. Please follow me on there. I would love to talk to you. Love to chat. If not leave a comment on this video, I would love to hear that too. So thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next week. Peace. (laughs)